Hello everybody, welcome again to Tooth and Claw Podcast. We got our wildlife biologist, Wesley Larson in the house. What's happening, Wes? Oh, I'm in in the casa right now. I'm in the Brazilian house. Um, You're in Brazil. I'm in Brazil. Yeah. Brazil. Getting one of those Brazilian bikini waxes, I assume. Just getting waxed. This is the only place you you can do that. You see that Jesus (laughs) statue? No. Haven't gone to see old Jesus yet, but... uh, (laughs) That's in Rio. I'm not. I'm not going to be in Rio. I'm just in. I'm in São Paulo, and then I um, I'm in the Pantanal for I. You know, really quick, I'll just fill you guys in before you introduce yourselves. I guess. Um, I went to the Pantanal with a film crew that we're recording something for a really big conservation organization that I'm really happy to be working with. Can't talk about it yet, but I should be able to soon. And then this upcoming week, let's just I say am, you all probably smell really nice. Yeah, sure. Well, that's not the conservation organization. And then uh, <laughs> that's the film crew. Yeah, and then I uh, am guiding for Naturalist Journeys this upcoming ten days. So back to back Pantanal trips for me. Um, nice. Naturalist cool. means you're all nude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's com- it's Sick. the only completely nude uh, travel agency. So and this is like a pilot uh, program, just to test and see if that'll work out for us and the listeners to do it later together. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's been great so far. I've seen four different jaguars, a lot of cool birds. It's Were they fun. doing anything? The jaguars? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was one that was like actively hunting caiman. The other ones were pretty nice. much just laying around. Oh, I did have one too where some giant river otters swam up and got really angry at it and it like laid down in the bushes and got all mad at them. That was cool. Oh, whoa. Mm, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Wonder yeah. what, wonder what he was doing. Uh, I don't know. It was a girl. It's probably just I don't like, know what get she off my doing, lawn. It's probably yeah. what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. Some nimby or otters. She was like, not yeah. in my backyard. <laughs> Sending mean tweets about otters or something. Yeah, could be. Probably not any of those things, but sure could be. Hey, Jeff, you're you're pretty high right now, right? We got Jeff and Mike here as well. Uh, I'm Jeff. I'm was Wes's field tech, and Mike's our producer. I'm on Lortab. I had hernia surgery, and they just went in there and took out, decided to take out the old two for one, and took out yeah. two hernias. Two birds with one stone. Yeah. Nice. We knew about one, and they went in and checked. And You know, it, has, it comes with the territory when you can bench 200 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You Once you get up in those 200s, you got to prepare for a few hernias, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. So I was I was walking in the mall the other day and I wanna I want your guys' opinion on if this would have been a funny joke or not. Okay. So there's like this six year old kid who had Wolverine claws and we were on like the upper floor of the mall and he yeah. walked right past me and he like brought up his Wolverine claws mm-hmm. and afterwards you know how sometimes you think Did of you like punch the perfect him in the joke. Face? But, like, yeah. after the fact, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I was thinking I should have jumped off the rail and just, like, killed myself because I was, acted like I was scared of him with his claws. Yeah. I don't know if that's the perfect <laughs> joke. But then, like, he would have been, like, his whole life he would have had to have been like, oh, man, I shouldn't have scared that guy. Yeah, yeah that's true. You would have taught him a valuable lesson. They're, neither of them are funny, I would say. No. But it would have been a hell of a performance art exhibition, like... Sounds like yeah. the way Andy Kaufman maybe actually died. He just took a joke you know, a little he too just far. Like, he just like shows you his little plastic claws and you just kind of like, 
and jump off. Yeah. Wouldn't have been funny. <laughs> there's one of my all-time favorite tweets. It's pretty is, funny. There's this group. I don't know. There's this group of real, like, pretty boy bros, kind of like Gen Z TikToker kind of bros, you know? And they're all, like, sure. standing there in a line, and the caption is, like, you see me and my boys at the pool. What are you doing? And this this person that I follow uh, tweeted, killing myself in front of you and forever altering the trajectory of your friendship and lives. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah. it just really it was so funny to me. But Yeah, anyway. the six-year-old won't care. That won't stick with him. I think next, you should have done it. Next time I'll be, next time I'll be ready. They're all desensitized to these six-year-olds. They don't. They would just think it's some like movie thing or AI or some shit. Jeff is Mike here with us too. Are we going to introduce him as well? Oh, he got I me, did. dude. Stay with me, oh, dude. All right, maybe I'm on Laura tab too. All right, well, all three of us are here. Yeah, you just like took I'm five sorry. minutes to intro. Yourself. He's in a different time zone. Right. It takes it takes your voice a little long to get to him. I'm sorry, guys. Don't even think my joke would have been funny. I've come around on the joke. I th- I think it would have been hilarious. <laughs> it would have been a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good prank joke. You yeah. only get to do it once, but you might as well make it count, you know? Uh, All right. Well, should we do this thing? Yeah, what are we talking about today? Oh, it's going to be a little surprise. Today we are... I'm going to pitch you guys. Okay, so I'm doing this trip, you know, I'm I'm guiding. And the more I do it, the more I think... Man, it would be really fun to do some tooth and claw trips where listeners can, you know, pay to go on a trip with us and hopefully see some cool wildlife. And so what I want to do is this will be the first. Could me and Mike come this time? It's not. Yeah. Keep going without us. Well, I'll probably keep going without you, too. But we'll do one that you guys can go on to. Anyway, I want to pitch you guys. I want to do hopefully, you know, this will be hopefully the first of a few episodes where I'm going to pitch you guys on some ideas for where we could take our listeners on these trips. So today's pitch is going to be one that I'm just going to have to get a thumbs up or a thumbs down from you guys after we're done. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, so it's going to be kind of a different episode format from normal, but I think you guys will have fun with it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds yeah, great. Yeah, so this episode's just like us talking about business behind the scenes pretty much yeah but exactly you're it you guys an episode. get a, a bts of tooth and claw. all right all right so you guys know how much i love brazil uh i love the culture it's really vibrant i love the people they're warm and welcoming I how like many claws food. uh brazil's a 10 claw place for me the wildlife is amazing okay. i'd love to do a trip to brazil and i think i found a really fun spot for us to visit so this place is called ila the Queimada Grande. It's roughly a 160-acre island that's located about 90 miles from the coast of Brazil and the massive city of Sao Paulo. So we've already got a plus. The nice thing is that we can just take one flight to Sao Paulo, and then all we have to do is get on a Navy vessel to go to the island because the country does have really strict regulations that only allow the Navy to visit this particular island. So so, so far it sounds perfect, right? Do we have to join the Navy? Uh, maybe, but I mean like perfect destination so far. So on this island, we're going to be treated to beautiful crystal clear tropical or maybe subtropical Atlantic waters. They're full of vibrant rocky reefs, amazing marine life. The island itself is covered in a mix of rocky outcroppings, large meadows, and lush rainforest. So a really big bonus for us is because there's like not any kind of like establishment or anything on this island, we're going to be camping. And a bonus is... There aren't any rats or mice or even small mammals on the island, 
which is great because we'll be camping and we don't want those kind of like pesky rodents getting into our food. Or children. So it has this really mm-hmm. nice count under that umbrella yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. We don't Listen, yeah. just a quick little interjection here. We're being really know, hard on kids so far. I know having parents is is hard, but you made your choice. Having parents? Having, having kids, parents. sorry. <laughs> I mean, having parents is hard too. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. We all suck and I hate everyone I've ever met. Me most of all. Yeah, you you had some annoying kids on your plane ride home or something? Yeah, we don't need to talk about it though. Sorry, Wes. Oh, keep man. going. No, my flight from Mexico City to Brazil, I had a kid screaming behind me the entire time for nine and a half hours. And I I wanted to do the Wolverine thing in reverse to that kid. <laughs> and uh, then you were too tired to make the guards laugh at Buckingham Palace. What? <laughs> That's from I think you should leave. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Forgot about that. that the one was so like it, how does yeah. how does the Wolverine joke work in reverse? I just want to deconstruct this real quick. So um, you're gonna pull the, out your claws, and the kid's gonna jump off, jump out of the plane, out of the plane. Sure. Okay, <laughs> and it'll be f- all right. Funny? Yeah, it'll be <laughs> quiet at least. All right. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to have this really nice diversity of landscapes on this island. Mike's not and, going if there's no sloths. Okay, just let me get let me get to it. All right. <laughs> nice diversity of landscapes. We're not going to have to worry about rodents. We're going to have it all to ourselves. Well, I shouldn't say we're going to have it all to ourselves. It's also home to a number of different bird species that migrate to the island for nesting or a few that live there permanently throughout the year. And those birds share the island with about 3,000 hypervenomous golden lancehead snakes that exist in such high densities that the island is often thought to have the most venomous snakes per square meter of anywhere on planet Earth. So it sounds great, right? Wow. Sounds perfect. Uh, I'm a little scared now. There are a couple downsides. I hear the rocks can be pretty sharp on the island, and it's pretty steep, and there really aren't like that great of beaches. So it's like... Aside from that, it sounds like a total slam dunk to me, right? Everything uh, sounds perfect. I mean, yeah. Oh, it's, the snakes. Wait, wait. Yeah. The snakes. You guys saw the snakes as a con. I get a little scared of venomous snakes. All right. So I guess I'm getting a little bit of hesitance because of the snakes, which is a little surprising to me. There's no rodents for him to kill. What are they no, even eating? So I'm gonna give you a little bit more information on this island, humans, dude. And we'll get to that, and maybe I can convince you guys that we pick this spot for our semen. Trip. Semen is what uh, I meant. You think they eat semen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like semen. Because I only the Navy can go there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just going to leave that. Leave that there. Okay. This island is is often called Snake Island by the popular media. So Ila da Queimada Grande. It's likely a mountaintop that was separated from the Brazilian mainland when the waters in the area rose about 11,000 years ago after the last ice age. And there is this species of Bothrops viper uh, called golden lanceheads. They're closely related to the Jararaca species of South America. So Bothrops are these lancehead snakes like Fertilance, Jararaca, and these golden lanceheads are all in that group. And they're often considered the most dangerous snakes in Latin America. They're found throughout Latin America. Oh, geez. And they're they're known for their really potent venom and their general willingness to strike defensively. So this is an incredibly feared group of snakes. Like if you ever go to Latin America and travel around, the, the venomous snake that people are worried about is always from this group of snakes. Mm. Almost always. So Fertilance being kind of the one that in like Costa Rica and Central America and then down here in Brazil, it's the Jararaca. Not the golden lancehead. 
No, but we'll talk about why that is. So when the Golden Lanceheads were first separated from mainland Brazil during the end of the last Ice Age, they likely had a lot of different prey species to pick from on the island, including their typical prey, which was small rodents. And venomous pit vipers that feed on rodents are generally able to use that heat-sensing ability that we've talked about to bite that rodent in just the right spot, to meter out the just the right amount of venom for the animal, and then they use that really complicated olfactory system that we've also talked about with the Jacobson's organ and their tongue flicking in and out to navigate to right where that animal died, and then they find it and eat it. So it can take a while for that, that mouse or that rat or that whatever to die, but the snake can track it down and find it and eat it. And they can track down the specific one that they bit. Oh, So they have all these cool. tools to track down a mammal and eat them. Yeah, that's So sweet. it's like a little, like a tracking chip in them almost or something. Pretty much. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit in our episode with Kendall, I think, or maybe one of our other episodes, but... Yeah. Anyways, it's these like Golden Lanceheads... It's like movie we watched, my card target, that Van Damme <laughs> that John Jean-Claude Van Damme one. <laughs> it's a... Where they can track them all down to kill them before oh. they get to the river. Well, there's a rattlesnake in that movie too, right? That movie's not great. I'm I'm not giving that a full recommendation. (laughs) But you know how to put me in a good mood by bringing it up. There is a venomous snake, yeah. Yeah, he sets a trap with it. Punches it in the face. (laughs) Yeah, he does. All right. (laughs) So over time, these snakes that were on the island that were separated from the mainland, they started to whittle down the number of rodents because they are really efficient rodent hunters. And they're, they're whittling down these rodents, and these rodents don't have any connection to the mainland either, so they don't have any new animals coming in. There's no immigration. So mm. they started to die out because they had this really effective natural predator. Meanwhile, the snakes didn't really have any natural predators, so they flourished. But they were going to run out of food if they didn't figure out some kind of new strategy. So what they did is they started feeding on birds. And in particular, they, they fed on one species of flycatcher, that often shared the same habitat as them. It was a migratory species, so it's not like they had them all year, but they had enough of them to where they could subsist on these birds and some other invertebrates and stuff. However, when a snake bites a bird, it doesn't always kill it outright, and the bird can fly away. And if that happens, the snake loses this ability to track it down. Why doesn't it just hang on and go for a ride? Well, that's a good point. But sometimes, you know, they strike with their fangs, So they don't always hang on when they do that strike. They can evolve to kind of do that, and that's actually part of what these lanceheads evolved to do, like hold on after they bite. But as they were evolving to do that, that wasn't their first kind of thing. But because of this problem of like their prey now having a way to get away and they're not able to track it down to eat it, the snakes had to evolve a more efficient strategy. And in that case, the main part of that just meant evolving a really super potent venom. So rather than like, you know, them biting a mouse and it dies a little bit longer, they bite a bird and it dies instantly. So they were immediately able to kill these small species of birds, and it gave them this evolutionary alternative path when rodents finally died out on the island. And their venom's thought to be five times more potent than the venom of the Jararaca vipers on mainland Brazil. And mind you, this is the most feared snake in Brazil, the Jararaca, and these golden lanceheads have venom that's five times more potent and they also deliver venom in 90% of their strikes. So they hardly ever oh, drive damn. by. Yeah. So this isn't a snake you want to mess around with. These are on that and island t- you're trying to get us to go visit? Yeah, like the densest venomous snake right. populations in any, well. in anywhere. 
I'm coming around on it. Some people think, some researchers think there's up to one snake per square meter on this island. So pretty much anywhere you're standing on this island in the forest, at least, you would be close to one of these snakes, like within almost an arm's reach. Like spaghetti. Uh, Yeah. So do they live anywhere besides the island? No. This is they, they only live, live on this, this island. They uniquely live on this one hundred and sixty acre island. Like that does my, kind of make me want to see them. My plot of land in Montana is two, like a little over two acres. So just think, like this would just be like eighty of my house. It's not a huge island by any means. Like this is an island you could walk across in in an hour or two. It's like easily. a F one lap or something. Sure. Yeah. Probably even smaller than that. Anyway, this kind of island evolution is really interesting to me. It can lead to some really unique species. This particular species of lancehead, the golden lancehead, is much different from its closest relative that's on mainland Brazil. The mainland one, the jararaca, is darker colored, larger, and almost completely terrestrial. So it just stays on the ground, while the one on the island is both terrestrial and arboreal. It goes into the trees to get these birds. It's this really pretty pale golden color, and it's slimmer. And the crazy thing is that all happened in just 11,000 years, which is a relatively short window when you're talking about evolution. Mm-hmm. So stuff on islands can really can really speed things up. All right, so Snake Island has become somewhat famous throughout the world, and there are some stories then that have swirled around it and that have been told in Brazil about this island. So I'm going to get into these stories quickly. Some Brazilians think the island being so populated by snakes isn't actually a result of this island divergence and this evolution of it being separated from the mainland, but actually a trap that was set by pirates looking to protect their gold. So the idea is that these pirates (laughs) long ago arrived on the island, and the isolated location and the rugged geography of that island made them think, okay, this is a perfect place for us to hide our booty. But that wasn't like enough for them. They figured like we got to protect this a little bit better. So they also decided to release thousands of venomous snakes onto the island and that those snakes would protect their treasure from any like would-be treasure thieves. So Mm -hmm. it seems like a good idea, but it's also to me seems like a trap that you don't necessarily have like a back door into it (laughs) yeah like like you gotta wonder if they put all these snakes on the island and then they're just like floating there and looking at it like quietly like wondering (laughs) okay wait wait, a minute how do we get on the island now (laughs) Um, yeah it's pretty messed up dude i'm thinking of like the i'm doing a lot of references here but that yeah second kill bill where she like gives the guy the million dollars but then there's a black mamba in there yeah. And it's like the happiest moment of his life and then like the worst moment of his life right together. True. Like can you imagine finding all this pirate treasure and getting bit by a venomous snake right when you find it? You know, at least you get to feel that one fleeting moment of true happiness. Yeah, um, makes like it uncut worse, gems. I think. Yeah, yeah, like uncut gems. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was like the sense. most frustrating death Ending. ever. It was uncut. Yeah. <laughs> I think he went out as happy as he'd ever be. So I think it was a happy ending. That's That's the thing, though. It was instant, instant death. Yeah. All right. So this is a fun idea, this pirate thing. But these snakes don't exist anywhere else in the world. They're only on this island. So there's no way that these pirates could have brought them in from somewhere else. And then it's really unlikely that they brought them in and that they evolved so quickly into this new species. Because 
if there were pirates with gold, it would have been likely in the last like 500 years. So I don't think they could have evolved that quickly. Them bringing them to the island could have made a good movie. Snakes on a ship. Yeah, that's true. Prequel. <laughs> I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking galley. Pirate right. ship. Yeah. Uh, so there, there are a few other fun, in quotation marks, stories that circulate around this island and the history of the island. One is that a while ago there was a fisherman that decided to stop on the island to get some bananas because there are some really large visible groves of banana trees from the ocean. And the idea is that this fisherman came ashore, went and got some bananas, and then a few days later they found him in his boat floating in essentially a pool of blood, completely bloated and totally dead. So I don't I none of these stories have any kind of fact check to them. There I looked up I looked up a lot of res of like resources trying to figure out if there's any kind of real basis to these stories. But everything I found reported these two stories. So that one and then Sounds this like one. my type of story. Yeah, it is kind of fun. <laughs> uh, another one involves the last lighthouse keepers that lived on the island. So in an effort to help boats avoid this island that's out in the middle of nowhere, the government of Brazil built a lighthouse there in 1909. But one night, the lighthouse keeper, his wife, and his two children woke up to a really terrible surprise. Golden lancehead snakes were slithering into their house through the windows in the night. They ran for a boat that they had docked not far away, but they were bitten by snakes that were hanging in the trees, and the man and his entire family died from snake bite. Dude. As a result, the lighthouse was automated, and no one was allowed on the island by decree of the Brazilian Navy. So, again, it's hard to say if this story has any truth to it. If it does, what I think probably actually happened is that they had a lighthouse keeper on the island, and the snakes either bit him or someone in his family and then it was just like too scary so they decided not to have anyone out there anymore they did end up burning large sections of this island just because they were so scared of the snakes the brazilian navy i think did it uh and that's why it's called the ila Jiquemada, which means like burn so mm -hmm. anyway the whole idea of snakes like slithering through a window trying to get people We've talked about this on the podcast before. Venomous snakes don't see us as a source of food, so they don't hunt us down. They bite humans defensively when we disturb them. So this isn't something that they would ever do. They wouldn't try and attack these people or like slither into their house with the intention of trying to kill them. We've talked about one snake that does every so often decide to hunt humans. Do you guys remember what that one is? Python. Reticulated yeah. python? Reticulated python. That's the only one that I know of that has been known to actually consume humans. So venomous snakes just don't do it. Tooth and Claws brought to you by Z-Biotics. Ever skipped a workout because it drinks the night before? Me too. Well, no, that's a lie. I've never skipped a workout. I benched 200 pounds once, and I've gotten three hernias because of how much I can lift. If you're committed to your healthy routine this year, you need Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic, oh god this ad is going to kill me, is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by a PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. 
It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut, where you need it most. Just remember to drink Z-Biotics before drinking alcohol, drink responsibly, and get a good night's sleep feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com tooth to get 15% off your first order when you use tooth at checkout. You can also sign up for a subscription using my code so you can stay prepared no matter the time or occasion. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no question asked. That's pretty sweet. Whenever it's 100% money back guarantee, you know it works. Remember to head to zbiotics.com tooth, all caps, and use the code tooth, all caps, at checkout for 15% off. Hey, Tooth and Claw listeners, it's Wes here, and I'm here to tell you guys a little bit about Element. So Element is a really tasty electrolyte drink mix, and it's actually funny that we're using them as sponsors because this was already a thing that I was using. It's a thing that my girlfriend uses extensively. We really love Element. We're an Element family. So I was thrilled to hear that they wanted to sponsor the show. They make this electrolyte drink mix that really just makes your drinks taste better, and it's going to give you a lot more of what you need. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. Just sounds like science talk, but that's the scientifically formulated perfect amount of electrolytes. And you're not getting any of the stuff you don't need, so you're not getting any extra sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, nothing that you don't need. And it's formulated to help you get all the electrolytes that you need. Electrolytes facilitate lots of different things in your body. Everything from the conduction of nerve impulses to nutrient absorption, fluid balance, and even hormonal regulation. So it can help you prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness. There's a lot of stuff that this does. I'm in Brazil right now. It's really hot. I haven't been drinking enough water. But whenever I drink one of these Element electrolyte drink mixes, I suddenly feel a lot better. I've noticed that it helps with my headaches. It helps me replenish. I just feel like I'm getting the nutrients that I need, the hydration that I need to continue. So I really do like it. I definitely recommend it. I really like the raspberry salt flavor, but I think they're all really good. So right now, LMNT Element is offering a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinklmnt.com backslash tooth. This deal is only available through this link. You must go to drinklmnt.com backslash tooth. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, give it to a friend. You're going to get your money back. No questions asked. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Okay, so currently only research teams are allowed access to the island and only after a really lengthy permit process. They, um, what are you laughing about, Mike? This just sounds like such a terrible place to plan a trip to. We all have to get like certified and educated and stuff. (laughs) Take a Navy boat a hundred miles out there. (laughs) Well, just wait. I I think you guys are going to, I really think you're going to give this a thumbs up. Okay. Um, Yeah. So both by researching the island population and a captive population, researchers at the Budantan Institute in Sao Paulo, which is a place I visited, it's super cool. They've been able to learn a lot about the golden lancehead snake. And here are a few of the things I learned while researching this episode. So they are smaller than their mainland cousins. On average, they're less than three feet long. They're this really beautiful golden color. And like all of the Bothrop species, they have a triangular shaped head. 
and the adults feed on two species of migratory bird, with that flycatcher species being the most commonly uh, eaten. And then the younger lanceheads will eat amphibians and invertebrates. They're only found on Isla da Queimada Grande, but if they were released on the mainland, it's very likely that they'd do really well in the Atlantic rainforest on the Atlantic coast of Brazil. But that's not like, I don't think that's a good idea, even if this snake were about to go extinct, just because it's not, like this is kind of a, a snake that evolved to this certain place. And I think us moving them to a new place, it's kind of like when people ask me, should we move polar bears from the Arctic to the Antarctic? That's not their environment. It's not where they belong. And even though these two are so much closer, if it were to happen naturally, like if there were a big storm and a snake was on some debris that floated across and then they settled on, you know, in the Atlantic rainforest, that's one thing. But us doing it ourselves to me seems wrong. So mm -hmm. that's just a quick aside. Okay. Uh, they have a they are cool looking though. They are really cool. I think you have to take that into account. You know how yeah, cool for sure. the animal looks. Like, does this make our world a better place? Yeah, a more beautiful place. Yeah, I guess. Sure. They have a really hemotoxic venom that differs from other Bothrop species in that it has a corrosive ability to it. So where other lancehead vipers have a venom that has a really strong anticoagulant, so they bite you and you bleed really heavily. Golden lanceheads have a venom that's so corrosive, it would likely melt human skin and flesh. So oh it can literally gosh. melt your flesh what? away. Yeah. However, sweet. because in modern history, the only people allowed on the island have been Navy Lighthouse upkeep crews and these research teams, there haven't been any recorded envenomations And the banana the guy. Yeah. So nothing, yeah. though, that's been recorded that's like for sure a golden lancehead envenomation. And that's likely due to the protective clothing and like the huge amounts of preparation and, and caution that these visitors take well, when they go there. It's the perfect crime though, because if they did get one of them, they just like melt the guy all the way away. And, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, know, like it's like that bucket breaking in bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That ended up being a perfect. It went so smoothly. <laughs> all right. So it is thought though that bites from the snake would be significantly more devastating than bites from other lancehead species. And now I'm going to tell you guys about bites from the other lancehead species where the effects have been documented. So they result in death 7% of the time when left untreated and 3% when treated, which is pretty normal for like a pit viper. But they are hemotoxic, so there's a lot of tissue damage and long-lasting effects from the bites. And people bitten by lancehead snakes often lose digits, limbs, or have other lifelong health effects. So it's really gnarly venom, and here are some of the symptoms you might have if you were bitten by a lancehead snake. And remember, these are the ones that we know about, and golden lanceheads might have five times the more potent venom than these guys. Immediate burning pain, dizziness, nausea, vomiting, sweating, headache, massive swelling of the bitten extremity, hemorrhagic blebs. A bleb is essentially a huge blister that's filled with fluid. Uh, in this mm. case, it would be filled with blood. Uh, bleb also, to me, sounds like a really good like thing to call someone if you're mad at them. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is a good one. All yeah. blisters are filled with fluid. Not all blisters, are they? Yeah. Okay. Well, these blebs are different somehow. Local necrosis. So necrosis is essentially where your tissue dies. Bleeding from the nose and the gums. Echimosis, which is really terrible bruising. Skin reddening hypotension or low blood pressure which is due to blood loss and platelet destruction 
increased heart rate, anticoagulation, vomiting blood, pooping blood, peeing blood, nosebleed, intercerebral hemorrhage, which is your brain starts to bleed out, kidney failure, secondary to hypertension and bilateral cortical neurosis. So also you start to get, oh, sorry, necrosis, not neurosis. You start to get necrosis in your brain, like the tissue of your brain starts to rot and die. Uh, mm. There's some usual, usually some discoloration on the, around the bite site, rashes, and in general, death results from hypotension secondary to blood loss. So your blood pressure gets so low that you die from blood loss, kidney failure, and intracranial hemorrhage. So again, that brain bleeding. All right. Jeez. That all sounds uh, like some of the worst things. Yeah. I'd like to see a commercial where, you know, like... Uh, Pepto-Bismol lists out like the things that their medicine <laughs> yeah. cures. Yeah. I'd yeah. want to hear a song about a medicine that can help with all that stuff. Yeah. Catchy. Sounds um, like a overnighter in Vegas, dude. Yeah, dude. That's you recovering <laughs> oh. from a hernia surgery. Uh, <laughs> essentially, though, your whole body starts melting and bleeding from the inside. Uh, made me think of the, the dude in Raiders of the Lost Ark that sees the Bible ghosts that just like... We just see him like melt, melt, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right. It's crazy. All right. Wow. So mostly sound good. No, a lot of the stories in that that are around about these this particular group of snakes revolve around the fur de lance, which again is a snake you find in Central America, Costa Rica, um, those kind of places. I did find a really good story about one of those. We are going to do them at some point, and that episode will have a more fleshed out story. But for this episode, I just wanted to pitch. Snake Island as one of our potential locations for a tooth and claw uh, listener trip. So what do you guys think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Snake Island? Mike's giving a thumbs up. Yeah. I'll give a thumbs down. Big thumbs down from <laughs> Jeff. Two thumbs up yeah. from me and Mike. So that we're that at least passes it for I'm outvoted. You know? No, I yeah. think I think we gotta be unanimous on this, but I okay. think we'll we can um yeah, that's that at least deserves a revote. We're not eliminating it from competition. Yeah. So the hurdles yeah. are that so we need to join the Brazilian Navy. That'll be yeah. a little tough. And yeah. we have to become no, no sloss down researcher. Here. No sloss. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another big obstacle. They do no have sloss, lizards, so. which is cool. Yeah, that is a pro. Um when we're doing pros and cons, like you are going to for sure see some wildlife there, it sounds yeah, like we're gonna see There's some almost snakes. not a chance you won't. I watched a video where one of the researchers was there and she's like looking and she's like, I see five snakes right now. And it was just like, she was standing in this little patch of forest. She's like, I can see five of them right now. And I was just like, Oh man, that's just <laughs> this place crazy. is gnarly. Anyway, that's like really intimidating. Yeah. Imagine like your, your ship goes down or your plane crashes and you wash ashore that's on the island, island and you you're like so at. happy that you're on dry land. And then it's like snake Island. <laughs> anyway, all right. So we'll, it moves on. Listeners, feel free to let us know if that if that is a place you'd be interested in going. If you're if you're open to recruitment in the Brazilian Navy and uh, camping with with like three or four thousand deadly snakes. All right. Okay. Well, that's it for the story or the. Uh, it's not really even a story. The pitch. Uh, you got I'm gonna a couple go in, little stories in there. Yeah, I'm gonna go into our categories. So. My first category that I gave you guys is top two islands from movies that you'd want to visit. Maybe we should also do a third one of an island you really don't want to visit, if you can think of one. Mm. So I'll give you my two that I want to go to. I don't think these will come as a surprise to anyone, 
Number one is Jurassic Park. Yeah. Which is Isla Nublar, right? Or is it Sorna? I always forget which is which. Um, Nublar wanna, is the original, I think. Yeah, Isla Nublar. That's your number so, one pick? Without a doubt, that's number one. Yeah. I think I can beat it. Okay, let's hear it. I'm going with the Count of Monte Cristo Island. Just with, with all like, the gold? <laughs> the most treasure there is in history. I think... I think I'd rather see live dinosaurs <laughs> than be like the richest dude ever. Yeah, I honestly think I would. I don't think I have a limit on the amount of money for live dinosaurs. So I'm sticking with my pick. Mike? I'm going to go with uh, the Michael Bay Island. You okay. get a cool little tracksuit. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's there. She's cool. Yeah. You get extra bacon. Sometimes. Pete Scarlet too. <laughs> Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. My second choice is uh, the island from Swiss Family Robinson, just because the variety of animals out there. That you know, I'm gonna go after they've already built their treehouse, so I just get a really nice little guest room in the treehouse, and just get to have fun trapping tigers with with my friends. So that's my that's my second pick. How about you guys? I forgot mine. Uh, okay. Give me a second. I'm going to go with the island. Have you guys seen the movie Joe versus the Volcano? It was like I haven't. The weird little black sheep of the Meg Ryan Tom Hanks rom-com trilogy. I love it's like one of my favorite movies from Tom Hanks, but it's got this big volcano where there's like ritualistic sacrificial stuff going on. That'd be kind of a fun little world to peek in on, you know. Okay. Maybe not spend a whole lot of time there cuz I don't want to get sacrificed, but enough to, you know, check it out. Yeah, Jeff, you can duplicate one of my answers if one of mine are, would be your other choice. Uh, no, I just, I had one that I liked that I can't think of now. I'm on drugs, you know. Yeah, um, I do, I do know. I'll do, what's the one, what's like that party island in Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh yeah, Tortuga. Yeah, I'll do Tortuga. That sounds like That's a, a good, good time. All right. And then the island I would least want to go to for me. Or maybe the Mermaid Island in One Piece. I knew you were going to do one piece. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think for me, my least island is the island of Dr. Moreau. Um, Because I saw that movie when I was way too young. And it really, like, messed with me. All the half animal, half human creations. Like, Mm. it really, I don't know. That was, like, a really hard movie for me to see when I was, like, eight years old. You should, uh. You should revisit it. It's good. All right. I don't want to go there, though. So that's my <laughs> island I'm not going to. It's not a good movie at all. No. I was gonna. I was actually going to pick a Pirates of the Caribbean island, the one he gets uh, marooned on after he gets forced to walk the plank. That one just looks like it sucks. It's just like, like a little sandbar out in the sun. He's got all that rum out there, though. And Keira Knightley's with him. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not a drinker, so it's like, ugh, yeah, I don't know. And then all you'd right. have to drink. You think you'd drink? I don't the think you would hydrate if you. No, it would hurt. It would. Doesn't it dehydrate? You get I super dehydrated dehydrate from all you. that. Yeah. Um, oh. my. Oh shoot! I forgot it again. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's on Wait, his own I island a, right now. <laughs> uh, the island we'd least want to go to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah, the Lord of the Flies. I don't want to be there with those guys. Uh, That's a good call. What got if a little a, crazy. What if you're an adult, though, and they're all their size, and you could just, like, you could totally be their god, no? Nah, dude, they're taking you <laughs> out. They're going to get sick of your rules. They'll push all that right. rock down on your head like Piggy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. poor Piggy. You'd be done in two minutes. 
All right, it's a good pick. Okay, so my new my next question is, uh, what would Mike and Jeff do? We're gonna say you're marooned on Snake Island, Brazil. What are you guys doing to survive? Hmm. The problem's gonna be sleeping for me. Like I'm eating snakes. Yeah. I'll eat those suckers like popcorn. Okay. Um. <laughs> Just but it's not gonna. You're not gonna last too long. Spaghetti, that, but yeah. sure. I don't know. I'll probably just have to sleep in that lighthouse. Yeah. If oh, you yeah. and Mike were there together, you could do like a Lady in the Tramp thing with the snake. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. How far away is the island from the coast? 90 miles. Oh, you can't swim that. Oh, nah. you're not swimming that one. No. Nope. Unless you make Unless. a little sail out of snakes. Ooh. I wonder like if skin like... them or are they are the whole body? I'm not sure. I've really well. You could make a a net oh, to yeah. catch fish with all those snakes. They're basically ropes. Okay, that's a good idea. Dude, this would make be the sail. easiest island to survive on. Just you got you just unlimited, unlimited rope. ropes. <laughs> yeah, rope is like the most useful thing. Not unlimited. There's only I, like I wonder. So this island's not that big. How many total snakes are there? Do you know around? Uh, somewhere between. There's somewhere around like 2,500 is what they think now. There used to be, they think, like up to 400,000 on this island, though. I could just kill a man. You, yeah, 2, you might be able to. Yeah, just, you might be able to wipe them like, out. Go for it, you know? <laughs> Get sure. myself a good whacking stick and see if I can just make them like, extinct. Like Homer when he's doing all the ninja flips and stuff? Yeah. Uh, Plus, yeah. you'd want to at least try to find the treasure, so. Like, yeah. You want to get in there. Plus, Jeff, you've always had that goal of being responsible for the extinction of an entire species. So yeah, you can I'd finally like to do take it. out just one species. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> wait, did you say there used to be 40,000 and now there's 2,500? They think there used to be up to 400,000 of these snakes on the island. Doesn't seem possible. That doesn't even make sense for how big the island is. It doesn't. It maybe would make sense. It really doesn't. But that's what I read. No. Yeah, yeah they have eliminated a lot of the forest on the island, and there used to be a lot more prey for them on the island. But you're right; it doesn't make sense there would be that many snakes. That'd just be an island of snakes, yeah, like just that one being land. Yeah, yeah. Our next category is going to be top animal that you don't want to live on an island with. So this island is going to be densely populated. We'll say a 160 acre island that's densely populated with that particular animal. What's your top pick that you don't God. want to be with? Like a venomous snake might honestly, be my top yeah. pick. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sounds terrible. Like a black mamba. See, I feel like, like I could would just be like a spider, maybe, but still, I don't know. I feel like I could avoid snakes enough to where I'm not always afraid of them, and I know a snake's not going to come for me. I just have to be careful not to ever disturb one of them. So I think for me, I'd be much more scared to be on an island with a predator that wants to eat me yeah so i think my pick is a bengal tiger just because i think that's the one where i just like know sooner or later bengal tigers we'll say like there's 10 on this mm. island of 160 acres you're you know you're gonna get eaten by a tiger sooner or later so i i just like i think that's my number one pick do they do bengal tigers do their hunting at night yeah, I think they they do they're like crepuscular hunters and then night hunters. Yeah, I see that's yeah. bad cuz that's when you want to sleep, but you can't yeah. cuz you got to like that's when they're out for you. Board yourself ten, into that lighthouse. Tens a lot. If it is like 4, I might take the tigers 
Because, like, I just hate the idea of walking around and getting bit by a snake that I didn't yeah. see. And you just got to figure but, out like, a way to kill four tigers then, and you're, like, sick. Yeah, and yeah. then, like, and I get food if I kill them, too, you know? I'd yeah, you could make a lot, of, have a lot of snake traps for the tigers. You can't really yeah. make a tiger trap for the snakes. That's Well, you know? You don't really have to, though. You just need, like, well, a rock. And I really just True. need to be able to kill one tiger, and then I get their claws and teeth as weapons to kill the other ones with. Yeah. See you. Okay. All right. So you're both picking the snakes as your worst, like, of all the animals in the world, that's your worst possible animal to live with on the island? A I mean, if there snake. are that many of them, yeah. But right. I was I was more aligned with you as far as, like, a big cat. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. If there's If it's just, like, a one-on-one kind of situation. Okay. What is, for my next category that I had for this episode, outside of Snake Island, we're not going to count Snake Island, what's the number one travel destination right now that you guys think you would want to go to with Tooth and Claw listeners? Man, where you're at, the Potnaw's really high to see some jaguars, and then Svalsbard would be like in my top three for sure. Svalsgard? Svalbard. Yeah. Yes, Fallbard would be cool. I will say I follow a polar bear biologist that I know on Twitter that worked in in Svalbard. Jeff, you have said it so many different ways that I have to take a beat now to remember how to say it. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I get that way with myself all the time. He worked on Svalbard and um it's changing so quick that I don't even know if it would be worth going to anymore for polar bears. Anyway, that's a really grim thing that I don't want to get into, but it's, those are good picks. Mike, what would yours be? Is there like a pretty nice rainforesty area of India? Yeah, there is. I think yeah, that'd like be the really western, cool. Yeah, the western ghats. I, yeah, India was kind of like where I was thinking too because you can get tigers, snow leopards, leopards all in one trip. Maybe sloth bears, elephants, some other things. But India is a really hard place to travel. So I don't know if I'd work with a bunch of people that I, that I don't know. I think I would say Kenya. I think I want to go like on a safari in Africa and I haven't been to East Africa and that's the place for like all the best wildlife. So I think for me, it'd be Kenya or Tanzania, probably Tanzania, actually. What animal would you most want to see? Uh, Leopards. I haven't seen. That's one of the the few big cats that I haven't seen in a while. So I'd want to see leopards the most. Kenya see rhinos? (laughs) You can't. And then... I saw lions when I was in South Africa, but at a distance. So I'd want to see lions closer too. Mm. But you know me, I like my I like my big predators. Our next partner is AG1 with Athletic Greens, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I love it and I feel healthier with it and I can run through walls and all that jazz. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit that tastes great. Science-driven formula of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. I also get the single-serving AG1 travel packs, so I never have to miss a day. I just mix in the powder into always ice-cold water. I love my water ice-cold, and drink it first thing each morning. That's it. With AG1, taking good care of my body each day is really that simple. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. 
Go to drinkag1.com slash tooth. That's drinkag1.com slash tooth. Tooth is all caps. Check it out. Tooth and Claws brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I'm going off script a little bit here. I'm not even sure anyone checks me on these ad reads, so buckle up. But say I'm on death row because I killed the person before they could kill Harambe, and I get my last meal. I'm telling you guys, I'm going with the sweet chili pork and cabbage stir fry from HelloFresh with maybe like a Coke on the side or something. It's so stinking good. Pre-portioned ingredients help cut down on food waste, while step-by-step instructions make cooking a breeze, not a chore. HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 different recipes to choose from every single week, so that you'll never get bored and can always find something new to try and love. Like I said, I've had it. I love it. It's really fun to make. I like to cook, but I'm lazy about it, so, you know, give me the step-by-step. It's great. Go to HelloFresh.com slash all lowercase here, Tooth50, and use code Tooth50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Tooth50 for 50% off. All right. Well, Jeff, do you have some listener questions for us? Nope. Oh, okay. What do you got? I have... I'm doing. I'm doing listener stories this time, so... Every now and then, I like to switch it up. If you guys have any good animal-related stories or just want to share a story with us, send us an email at toothandclawmailbag.com. And, yeah, I chose it, the day I'm high. Is it to, toothandclaw at mailbag.com? No. It's just toothandclawmailbag.com? Toothandclawmailbag at gmail? Oh, yeah, sorry. at gmail.com. Okay. There you go. Okay. Right. So this one's from Annie. Um, hey, guys. Hey Annie. I got a quick little story with question embedded in it. I was staying up in a rustic cabin in the mountains of Lake Antigua in Guatemala in late November 2015. It was a chilly overnight, not freezing temps, but cold. I woke up at first light sleeping on my back. When I rolled to my right, I thought to myself, there's dog poop on my pillow and then quickly snapped out of slumber to realize it was a coiled snake right next to my face. Wow. Uh, they are easy to mistake. I can see how you'd make that confusion. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to all of us. We both panic, <laughs> elongated, as did I, to get out of my sleeping bag. As I pulled the bunk bed back, I was on the top bunk, it fell to the ground. How long do you think we were bed sharing? Did I overreact the remaining month of my stay by sleeping in my hammock bug net? If he left on his own, would he have remembered my warmth and soft pillow another night? Um, there's a lot of <laughs> questions there. I don't know how long they were sharing. I don't think she overreacted by being a little scared about having snakes in her bed after that. Guatemala does have those fertilance bothrops that we talked about, and that's like their most common venomous snake there. It's not a snake you want to mess around with, so I'd be a little nervous after that. But mm. 
I don't know. I don't know much about like their habit forming. Like, I don't know if they find a warm, comfy place to sleep. If they return to it, I would imagine so. Yeah, it doesn't seem like an overreaction to me. I don't know what kind of species it was, but if it was coiled up like a little bit of poop, it could have been a fertilance. That's kind of how they sleep. Yeah, she said it looked just like those plastic poops for pranks. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'm glad Annie didn't get bit by that snake. That's, that'd be a sucky place to get bit in your face, too. Yeah. 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 You know? That's like, I don't know, is that the, where's like the last place you'd want a venomous snake to bite you? Well, I think face and one other spot are in the running for me. Those are my two spots. Yeah. He's scared to say penis? No, I I just wanted to <laughs> leave some humor in it. but Obfuscated <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike, would you rather get bit in the face or the penis i was thinking like the worst place to get bit would be like my baby niece that'd be a bad place to get bit on your niece (laughs) but the penis (laughs) i would rather a face bite than a penis bite i think okay i'm done i'm done having my face the way it is i'm not using it for much anymore you want it rearranged a bit i would have thought the separate the opposite for you but that's fine yeah okay (laughs) all right this one's from connor Brand new listener hopped over from National Park after dark. I'm on your Black Widow episode at the moment and had to pause and write immediately. You mentioned the story with the guy that captured the spider in his kid's container and the doctor still didn't want to say that the widow bite was possible. Something very similar happened to me. Like any proper wild Minnesota boy, I spent most of my childhood summers running through the woods with nothing but a pair of blue jeans, a cool stick, and a dream. <laughs> you know, having a good stick is sounds like a when you're... sounds like the title of like a Bruce Springsteen album. <laughs> like those sticks that have like a little like kind of built-in handle to them. Get one yeah. of those suckers. Oh, yeah, I've had run-ins with bald eagles, black bears, a cougar, you name it. But today's email isn't about that. Long story short, I was bit on the knee by a brown recluse and had to go to the doctor after it started to look rough. But the doctor and the two we visited after that refused to say it was a recluse bite because they don't live this far north, in quotation marks. What's crazy is my dad was bit by one too, before I was born. Eventually, I was given some antibiotics and my knee swelled up to the size of a grapefruit for a week. To this day, my kneecap flesh is spongy and has no feeling. Whoa. I can't feel the other knee either, but that's because I was ran over by the Halloween hayride. Bad <laughs> knee luck. <laughs> my question is, you can't feel your knees? That's insane. My question is, why are medical professionals so hesitant to acknowledge a spider bite? Is it just, is it just because it's uncommon? Yeah. So where he said he was in Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> um, I, I. You're gonna want, tell him it wasn't one. I don't think it <laughs> Do was. It. Yeah. But that I, doesn't like, preclude it from no, being something that messed no, him up. No, 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 no. I, I don't like. There's plenty of other spiders. It could have been a brown widow. There's like some other spiders in Minnesota that it could have been for sure. I have read a number of articles, though, that say that, like, 
brown recluses often get blamed for a lot of other spider bites and their range in the U.S. is much smaller than we actually think it is. But they're from a whole like family of spiders where other members of that family can also have a really similar type of bite. These kind of like violin spiders. They have the brown recluse has a little violin on its back. But like hobo spiders are a really similar one. There's a few they have others. A violin that, on their back? Yeah, it looks like a little violin, and that's how you can tell it's a so brown recluse. That's cool. Connor's mad about you saying it wasn't a recluse they can just play that little violin for him yeah you can play that tiny little recluse violin (laughs) now connor honestly i don't want to say for sure it wasn't because i wasn't there i don't know you know like who knows there's brazilian wandering spiders that have bitten people in the uk because they've come over in in boxes of bananas Banana box yeah so it's hard to say that this wasn't a recluse and it could have been so i'm not going to say it wasn't but um I will say But they that don't really live in they, they're not that's not part of their range in Minnesota. And um and I think it could have been another spider and I don't wanna I don't wanna like take away from your experience. It sounds awful and sorry about your knees, Connor. The doctor really ought to have still done something in that situation, yeah. it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, you want some kind of, of treatment. Hernia. Yeah. I went to a doctor and I was like, I have a hernia and they're like, No, you don't. So yeah, I had true. to take medication for like six months until I just went to a new doctor. And they're like, oh, yeah, you have two hernias, actually. Well, it's all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all the more worse yeah. here, too, because it's not like doctor visits are cheap or easy to come by. So you yeah. go to one, and then when they like just don't even give a shit, it's the worst thing in the world. Because it's like, oh, I just spend a small fortune to come in here and have you like not even believe me. So, Connor, like, don't don't take that as me trying to say I don't. I'm not validating your pain of this whole experience. I'm just saying probably wasn't a recluse. It was probably something else. I think your doctor, Jeff, was trying to say it wasn't a hernia. He was trying to tell you you had more than one. <laughs> it's two hernias. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't listen. <laughs> I guess I was confused what she was telling me. You just yeah. kept cutting um, her off. <laughs> well, they do get so boring when they're trying to tell you. That's true. <laughs> I right. love Jeff told me he said that, well, while he was in the hospital, um, our mom was the one that was supposed to get all the info of like what happened while he's in <laughs> surgery, and she just like forgot it all. <laughs> yeah, she was, first two, she's like, I call her after, and she's like, so it wasn't a hernia. And I was like, what? Because like they told me like, oh, we got both, we got the hernia, and there was another hernia, and we got both of them. So then like, but I was kind of drugged, so. Yeah, I call mom and she's like, oh, so it wasn't a hernia. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, no, it was like some like fat deposit that um, was making a bulge that they like cut out. And then she's like, well, actually, that sounds just like a hernia, doesn't it? I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, well, he was saying it wasn't a hernia. Uh, I was like, well, what what was it called? And she's like, oh, I I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then I had to call back in and he was like, yeah, no, they were two hernias. That's so, uh, that's so who knows? Uh, love you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can, she can get us back for that one on the next mother's day episode. She'll sure. have all oh, these yeah. reasons. She just, you know, she's coming her hands heat. together right now. Okay. From Tessa. Um, another new listener. I was hoping you could help me understand if I was stalked by a cougar or something else. 
I was in a coastal southern central California one night. My friend and I had decided to go on a little hike on a private property up on the hillside in the coastal sage scrub habitat. I had been hiking in these hillsides for years and I always knew cows and coyotes would be up there and have seen both animals there before on my hikes. The hike we took ended up on a large cliff overlooking the city below and the ocean with a little picnic table for us to sit at. My friend and I sat at this picnic table and chatted until we both started hearing a rustling behind us. We both stopped and listened and the rustling stopped too. We got back to talking but soon heard the rustling again but closer than before so we stopped and listened and the rustling stopped too. This continued on a few times until we got so freaked out that we started yelling out to see if someone was there. We thought it might be a person. From the rustling noises we heard, we could tell it was a large animal and is getting closer and closer. We felt like it couldn't be a cow, thinking cows wouldn't have that kind of stalking behavior. I found an empty can and filled it with rocks to shake it. We stood on top of the table to make ourselves appear bigger and started yelling more. It was so dark we didn't have a flashlight so we couldn't see anything, but I remembered that I had a disposable camera on me, so I started taking pictures with the flash on to scare what was ever out there. We were on a cliff, and the only way out was past whatever was stalking us, so we just stood on this table for a while looking out and yelling until we felt that whatever was out there was no longer there. We eventually booked it out of there back to the car. My friend and I at the time were both avid backpackers and rock climbers and spent a lot of time outside and neither of us have ever been so freaked out in the wilderness before. Week later, weeks later, I got the film for my camera developed, but the weird thing is the pictures I took were completely black. But I'm positive I'd use oh, flash and the camera had should have picked something up. There's nothing though. Like the film had been erased. So my question, am I incorrect in assuming this was a cougar stalking or it could have been something else, perhaps another animal or maybe an alien that came down and erased my film to remove all proof of alien life? It's that or a phantom cougar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, is there something we should have done differently to protect ourselves? Um, first of all, I want to hear your guys' theories and then I'll give mine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going lens cap with the pictures. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably Just, right you there. Know, no trust for our listeners over here from me. And then I'm going with a human. I think as a person stocking up on them. Or Some a cow. Cougar. All right. Yeah. I perked I... up when I heard the word cow, and I was like, I think that's got to be it. <laughs> yeah. I think small cows are deceptively sneaky. You can't count it out is all I'm saying. So I'll say what I think. I think it's cow pretty snuck unlike- up on me once. Remember that, Wes? When a I was cow- asleep? Yeah, I do remember that. There's like a I whole think- herd of cows that snuck up on me. Yeah, Whoa. I think we've told this before, but we were doing we were checking bear traps, and I came back to Jeff, who like we didn't have cell service there, so we would just meet at a certain point, and we would like had to meet there because if we didn't, we like wouldn't find each other. So I came back once and I was a little late and Jeff had been waiting there for me and he just fell asleep in like a little meadow right by the road. And when I pulled up, there was like six or seven cows standing over him, just like staring at him, like a whole herd of cows, like like surrounding him, just staring down at him. There's probably 20 in the whole herd, but there was like six right above you. Oh yeah. And it was so funny. Anyway. They were like, 
I was like dozing off and like every five minutes I'd open my eyes and they'd be like twice as close. And then I just like fell asleep. Some red light, green light (laughs) with those cows. As far as this story goes, I'm I'm just going to say I think it's unlikely it's a cougar. First of all, I think if a, if a cougar were stalking you, you probably wouldn't hear it rustling nearly as much as like if you're saying that you're hearing a large animal rustling, that means in my mind you're hearing a lot of rustling and a cougar wouldn't make a lot of rustling. It would make a, a little bit, but it would probably sound like a small animal because that's a really good careful point. not to rustle. So, I think it was probably They're either so a, quiet. They are really quiet. So I think it was probably either a deer or a coyote, I think would be the most too likely. Where you said you've seen coyotes there before, I think it's, and if you're by a picnic area, it'd be really likely to have either of those animals there looking for scraps that have been left behind by people. So I'd say probably one of those. When it's that dark, I feel like a raccoon can make a lot of noise and bushes, you know? Yeah. Like I've, I've been in the forest before where it's dark and I hear rustling and I'm like oh is that a bear and then it's like a ground squirrel because like it's quiet and dark and stuff sounds big when it's not but I do think honestly of all the animals we've talked about the least likely is that it's a cougar but not impossible but very unlikely we should name this like these listener stories should just be called Wes is a buzzkill for everyone (laughs) (laughs) yeah I like it yeah but you know that's what well, the first one you gave him, you're like, yeah, that wasn't true. poop, that was a venomous snake. Yeah. All right, so now I'll do like just a handful of listener questions from Nis Arg. What's the strongest animal all three of you can take in a fight together? So we're like teamed up. Hmm. I think for like these these hypotheticals too, we could do it like a hologram fight. So it's not like we're being like brutalizing it to animals. Uh, yeah. Like a yeah. virtual it's, reality. It's yeah, hypothetical. Yeah. yeah, sure. Right. All three of us, I would say like I'll, a mountain lion. But you would say that for one of us. I think one of us could stop a mountain lion from like attack from killing you, but I don't think one of us could like beat it necessarily. Oh, really? A full-size like grown adult mountain lion? No. But I think all three of a, us could probably beat it. I'm going with a cow elk. Yeah, I think we could probably bring a cow elk down. I agree with that. But a mountain lion can bring a cow elk down too. I was just at the San Diego Zoo this uh-huh. a couple of days ago. I think I have a new answer for biggest animal I could beat by myself in a fight. I could beat a taper in a fight. One of those big old <laughs> chunky tapers. You are wrong, I my could, friend. I could kill that thing so easily. Jaguars um, have a hard time But all time three with of them. us together, let's say, yeah, it seems like a, like a caribou. Yeah, I think there's some good ungulate answers. We there. got good chemistry. Yeah, we do have good We know chemistry. how to work together. Yeah. Yeah, All right. that's true. It's a good question. I, I'd have Wes bite it for sure. Wes is a, oh, a strong biter. bite. Yeah. Um, Sharp MR Anti wants to know, how can you tell if snakes like you? Those cuties are hard to read. Uh, They don't like you. I'm just going to tell you right now. Like... Yeah. I, I know lots of reptile keepers and handlers, and they all are very honest about, not all of them, but most of them are very honest that, like, reptiles don't like you. There's no, sometimes I think they know that you're, like, a source of food, so they accept you as, like, that, but they don't like you. There's no emotion there. Yeah, I love when people say, like, that their pet reptile just loves them so much. Yeah. And it's like, they have, like, a black, beady eye. There's, like... Right. 
how like, do you know even if it here? did love you there's like no way for them to show affection like right they can like Snuggling, snuggle maybe? up to you but yeah. you're warm and reptiles warm, like warmth and you feed it like you're the one that feeds it <laughs> like whenever yeah. i i heat up smithers mice with a hair dryer and when i turn on the hair dryer he comes out of wherever he is and he's like waiting for me he hears that hair dryer and he's ready to go so like you could say that he loves the hair dryer you know, but he doesn't. Yeah. Like, he loves eating. <laughs> All right. Allie K. Smith wants to know thoughts on the fourth Indiana Jones. So that's Crystal Skull. Do oh. you plan on seeing the fifth? I, I'll say this much. I recently rewatched Crystal Skull because I'd only seen it in theaters. And I was, every once in a while, there's a movie like that that I rewatch where I'm like, you know what? This is a little bit better than I remember. This isn't as terrible as I thought. Yeah. It was worse than I remembered. Like, oh. I. I I hated it so much. I was just like, this is a truly, this is a travesty of a movie. It's terrible. What was it about it? The CG, the like Shia LaBeouf's Mm. character. Shia LaBeouf's really bad in it. And I kind of, I think he's a good actor, but he was awful. He was terrible. It was all just like set pieces too. There's no chemistry between anyone. It was terrible. It was just bad. It felt like a, like a amusement park ride. It didn't feel like a movie. I hated it. So I was... I was Shia LaBeouf's uh, driver at Sundance Film Festival, yeah. and I drove his mom around a ton, mm-hmm. and we'd like go get tea together and stuff. Yeah, but I she that. told me <laughs> you'd, you'd Kanye West. She told me Kanye West stole his Indiana Jones hat that Harrison Ford gave him. Oh, that sucks. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, but I've heard in an interview where he said that he gave it to Kanye West. Huh. But I think he just, I think he tells his mom that Kanye stole it. Yeah, that's um, funny. No, my favorite part of it's the one that people hate the most in that fourth one is the nuke. I like the when fridge. he gets in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah, that's an okay sequence. Um, like that to me felt Indiana Jonesy. but like, yeah. I don't, I don't think Gussie is a new one. I don't know if I will either. Yeah. It had it just been gotten, gotten like glowing reviews and people are like, this feels like an Indiana Jones movie. I think I would have seen it, but the fact that it's getting like middling reviews and people are like, eh, I don't think I really care. I just, the first three are so unimpeachable in my mind that I just like, let's just leave them alone. I was on the verge of going to see this newest one thinking it'd just be like an hour and a half romp. Like, okay, get in and out. It's like almost three hours long, I think. Oh, and no it's way. Just, it's too much. And you know, it's already getting be... bad reviews, so it's like I there's just it's no like, compelling reason to go. I got Barbie coming up. I got yeah, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer coming up. I got Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. Yeah, I'll say there's so much fan service in these movies too. I just can't yeah. deal with it anymore. Where you know they're gonna like there's gonna be some part with his whip. I'm sure where he like does some cool thing, and then it's like I'm back or something. You know, it's just gonna be some terrible fan service over and over and over again i just can't handle any more of it well there's like a scene in the preview where he has his whip and he just like ducks under a table and like 20 people tried to shoot him oh yeah it's like i saw that 20 and people they keep shot the straight table instead of shooting him it's <laughs> like that's yeah. insane <laughs> yeah it was the f- yeah i remember the first time i saw that preview and i was like i might walk out of this movie before it even starts yeah <laughs> Me and Harrison this Ford uh, offensive. <laughs> we share a birthday. Me and me and old Harrison next week. Uh, oh, that's cool. No way. Yeah, yeah. Who? Which one is older? 
Uh, he's a bit older than me. Patrick Stewart, too. All three of us. Oh, man. Yeah. Who's balder between you and him? Uh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Mm. Quite a bit. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for listener questions. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to me and my pitch for Snake Island. Oh, I remembered one other thing I wanted to tell you guys. So I was in Mexico City last week, and I went to this restaurant. And they You're had all tacos. over the place, dude. Yeah, they had uh, all these crazy tacos that you could have. And I was there with this guy that lived there, and he just ordered for us. And one of the things he ordered were fried crickets and then fried ant larvae. Oh, wow. And everyone at my table was like, oh, are we going to eat this? And I was just digging in. <laughs> I was like, Here Was it good? Go. Yeah, they were way good. Um, dude, but frying anything is like a one-way ticket to me eating it. Yeah, they I were don't great. Care what it is, and for me, I, you know, I've really gotten over that hump with eating bugs. So figured I'd let you guys know that world's coming around to eating bugs. You think you're right. relapsing a little bit? Yeah, dude, I got the itch now. I just want to eat more <laughs> bugs. <laughs> we gotta uh, have an intervention. All right, so really make quick. him eat another moth. <laughs> Golden Lancehead is a new new animal for us. So we're gonna give it a claw rating. I'm gonna go ahead and so give there's it. those like they're like those yellow really intimidating looking snakes right like really here let me well, show you you're really I'm intimidated by pit vipers in general can you see no that? that's that looks like a bush viper um but the one below it looks like a golden lancehead they don't have the little horns oh they don't no Ooh, oh that's I a really pretty it. snake yeah they are really pretty. it's not as pretty as the horned ones though. no 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 but they are really pretty um they kind of look like a golden cottonmouth or a copperhead or something. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and give them, I'm going to give them an eight. I love all snakes. I really love venomous snakes. I think pit vipers are some of the, have some of the coolest adaptations of any snake. And I think it's really cool that these ones evolved on their own Island, that they figured it out, even though they lost their main prey species. You know, as I talk about it, I think I like them more than an eight. I think I'm going to give them a nine. Wow. Yeah. And the hyperpotent venom, all of that. I just think it's they're a really cool success story. I'd love to see one in, in real life. I have seen one at Boudantan, but I mean in the in the wild. So I'm going to give them a nine. I'm going to give Golden Lanceheads a nine. Well, I'm going to give them a four. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like snakes, but like venomous snakes do freak me out a little bit. Especially so the ones be venomous, that look like pit vipers for you. I want them to have a rattle on them because the rattle's cool. Or, you know, be more colorful, like a brighter color. I want my snakes colorful or rattling, pretty much, is what I'm saying. <laughs> They're like bright <laughs> yellow. We all have our types. They're not that bright. They're pretty yellow. They live in a green Kinda. environment. I think they're pretty easy to see. All right, that's fine. I'm not going to talk you out of it. This is what they look like, right? Yes, that's what they look like. Yeah, it's not that yellow. That's like okay. a brown yellow. Okay. So I'm giving them a precursory eight. With a strong feeling that the more time I spend with them in my brain now that I know they exist, I think it's going to go up to a nine. I, I love snakes. The venom facts you listed off, those are all super interesting. And like, I don't know if like coolest is the word to use, but like the most um, powerful or impressive or whatever the yeah. word is I'm looking for. That's what it is. So I am going to go with an eight for now, but I'll keep you updated next episode. Make sure to ask me again, Wes, about. Okay. Deal. Golden Lance heads. I, I think the one you showed me before was an eyelash vag- viper, by the way, not a bush viper. But um, great. Okay, so we got Number eight, nine, and four. Five twenty-six. Okay, fair enough. 
All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Again, a little bit different from our normal format, but we got to, you know, just like these snakes, we got to diverge from our, our history sometimes a little bit and just branch out on new, on new pathways. History. History. Oh. Yeah. And I wanted to do a correction corner before we finish. Ooh, okay. Uh, let's hear it, dude. On the um, Dylan episode that I led. What was his last name? Oh, Dilly McWillie. Uh, Dylan McWillie. McWilliams. Dylan yeah. McWilliams. Uh, so I said that pygmy rattlesnakes don't live in Utah. Me and Wes went to the Hogle Zoo and saw one called labeled a pygmy rattlesnake habitat, Utah. Well, and yeah, it, it was different. Than just a pygmy rattlesnake, though. It was like a vented pygmy rattlesnake or something. Pale vented pygmy rattlesnake or something. Yeah. But basically, I think it used to be called a midget rattlesnake. Right. And they changed the name to pygmy rattlesnake. Right. So so I was wrong in not finding out that they changed the name of one of the types that I was looking at. Yeah, we you know we were um we were eighty percent wrong on that one because there is a species of rattlesnake just called pygmy rattlesnake and they don't live in Utah. This one's like has something else attached to that name, so it was a gray area. But I do think that was a good correction to make. But we went we went a little hard on him. Yeah, we made a joke about it, and then yeah, we yeah. were the fourth thing that he got attacked by. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thank you everyone too uh, for writing reviews. I was reading the other day; they made me really happy. It's always nice to see that you guys are responding to the show. That it's some. I mean, some of those reviews say that the show's like been able to help people through some dark times, which to me just really uh, makes makes it worthwhile. So uh, we really appreciate all your kind words. Uh, for those of you that are subscribing really has helped us to focus on the podcast. So thank you for that. We had a uh, really fun subscription episode last week, too, if we you're did. not subscribed. Yeah. Yeah. It was about lions and sidecars, and like it went off the rails, literally yeah. and figuratively we've, and we've hypothetically. A, I feel like we've had a real strong run on subscription episodes. Like that one, the Rhino episode I thought was really good. Like we've had some really fun yeah. ones, so... Get on, um, get in there, binge them all. Yeah, you know it's yeah. the cost of what a couple like three Snicker bars a month, pretty much. At this if you point, don't like them, four. just ask me. Ask me for a tenner next time you see me out on the street. I'll happily yeah. oblige. Yeah, if you ever see us and you want to subscribe, we will pay. If you see us in person, we will pay you the first ask ten dollars of your subscription. That's a right. promise. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll do it, man. Unless yeah, it's no. like an arranged Let's, meetup. Let's you just put gotta see like, us in the wild. That that offer expires Never. September this year for me. <laughs> okay. For me, it doesn't <laughs> okay. expire. As long as it's not an arranged meetup. All right. Okay. All right, everyone. Well, we love you, and we will talk to you soon. Love you guys. Bye. Whether you're in a relationship single or recently heartbroken you could be navigating some tough stuff and it really can be challenging to do this on your own we all need help when it comes to our relationships very specifically our love lives i'm jillian and each week on my podcast jillian on love 
I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Julian on Love wherever you're listening now.